Welcome to the State of Men. I'm Aiden Dowling. And I'm Mike Watts. And I'm Michelle Watts. Hey, there we go. I love it. No, we didn't introduce you yet, Mom, but it's good. Go ahead. It's fine. It's fine. Well, as you just heard in today's episode, we have a surprise guest, which that was also a surprise, Um, literally. uh, We have Mike's mom here, Michelle Watts. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you. Happy to be here. (laughs) Yeah, happy to have you. So we are all surprised. So Mike just sent me literally a Voxer about, I don't know, maybe now it was about 20 minutes ago, but literally maybe four minutes before we were supposed to hop on and was like, hey, my mom's here. Why don't we, uh, why don't we bring my mom on? So we're we'll doing it. we her. Yeah. Yes. Here, it's happening. a little bit so we're closer to the mic. There you go. In that way. I you love just... it. Look at that. Wrinkles more. <laughs> what a <laughs> What are you? 47? It's fine. You look great. Um, <laughs> so that would, I'm 39, so that means she was eight when she had me. Yeah, you know, don't judge, Mike. Don't judge, right? You know, it's a blossoming relationship here. Um, but yeah, no, Michelle, we're happy to have you on the podcast. Excited to just kind of chat. So you are, at the time of this recording our second guest um, and our first female guest. So welcome for setting the stage, the tonality here. Uh, you, you will get a blue ribbon as the first in our forever history of the state of men. As we look back 10 years from now, Thank we'll you. have a photo of the two of you looking very cute. Um, so I think first off, Michelle, just like so people know a little bit more about you, like where are you from? How many kids do you have? Um, just kind of like any basic stats you want to give about yourself and who you are. Originally, where am I from? Give it whatever. Okay. Yeah, either way. Well, I was <laughs> kind of staggering on the video. We're trying to figure out how to sit next to each other without. Yeah, because I, I need a pillow to be higher. Um, I was born in Latro, Pennsylvania. And I lived there most of my life until I went to college. I have three siblings, a brother and two sisters. I'm the oldest. So that explains Michael and I have some similarities that way. (laughs) (laughs) Um, My parents were both married. They were married for 50 years. And I left Latro whenever I went to Indiana University of Pennsylvania. And then then I got married, met my husband there, met Bill there. Got married. We moved to we moved. We had quite a moving. We moved to Missouri to go to graduate school, and then we moved to Kansas, liberal Kansas, and then we moved to for fourteen months. Then we moved to Casper, Wyoming. You got to yell in the microphone, like okay. you're yelling at your son for getting in trouble. <laughs> <laughs> so we moved to Casper, Wyoming, and Michael was born in Casper, Wyoming, oh, and okay. then we moved to Kansas City. Lenexa, Kansas, and Katie, his sister, was born there two years later. And then we moved to Decatur, Alabama. Two years later, his brother was born, Daniel. Then we moved to Slidell, Louisiana, for 18 months. And then we moved to Valparaiso, Indiana, and that's where we've been for 30-some years. Nice. That's what I think our children call home. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Mike says I'm from Indiana. Yeah. 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 I never knew you lived a brief time in Louisiana, though. That's yes, new information. 18 months. He 18 didn't. 18 months. 
Oh, well, okay. I lived there. I was living. Oh there yeah, with you were lived there. That's right. I was alive at that time. <laughs> that's right, you were. Yep, you were a child, but that's okay. <laughs> that counts. I forgot the timeline already. <laughs> yep. That's right. I you was went there. to kindergarten there. I did. Yep. Oh, Apple there tree. Surprise! My don't first have a... time getting beads at the Mardi Gras parades. Oh yes. There you so, go. Okay. Yeah, you go. I had a basket. I had a a bag of beads in my closet, and then I finally realized what the beads were for in Mardi Gras. <laughs> you know what you got to use them for. Yeah, because where we lived in Slidell, which was across the river from New Orleans, they had a Mardi Gras parade every Sunday for five weeks before the Mardi One Gras. way to get it done. <laughs> it was great because to have kids would be insane to take them down to, to the city. So yeah. for them to enjoy the parade then, you know, holler Is it the same? something, mister. Is it the same what? Mardi Gras that I'm picturing in my head, or is it more of a family-friendly Mardi in Gras? In Slidell, it was more of a family-friendly. Okay. Okay. Great. Awesome. That's why we so, stayed in <laughs> Do you identify as, like, so I'm from New York, grew up in Long Island, and when I hear of all the states that you lived in, I think of, I've never been there. And that's in the middle of nowhere. How do you feel about that statement? Does it, did it feel like you, cause you've lived kind of all in the middle of the States, right? I mean, you were South in Louisiana, but everything else kind of in the heart. So do I feel like Pennsylvania was in the middle of nowhere or all of the States well, that I've lived in? Just in general, just all of the places you've lived in. No, I never felt like they were in the middle of nowhere. Okay. Really, yeah. Casper was probably in the middle of nowhere. Casper, okay. Wyoming. I still consider yeah, no, myself I mean... a Pennsylvanian at heart. So basically, okay. if you live in the middle of any of those states right now, Aiden is just like, you don't exist. You're off the... <laughs> <laughs> it's just very... I, you know what? It, it seems like just a very different kind of living. And I, I'm probably... I'm ignorant, first of all, right? That's right off the bat because I haven't been because there. Because we move so much? No, no, just it's because he's it's from the New middle. York, and like oh. New yeah. York, it's like New York's everything. Oh, the world revolves around New York, so right, right. Yeah. right. yeah, yeah. So, like, when I think of someone growing up in Indiana, I have a very, I, I just wonder a lot of what that was like. So, when you had, you know, Mike and Kate, and was there is it Katie? Sorry, Katie, and you have another. Is it a daughter or a son? Daniel? Daniel, yeah, Daniel, Daniel. Oh. Daniel, all right. Daniel needs some more play on here. We got to get Daniel on here. That's one thing we got to do here. <laughs> that Next. would be interesting. That would be. <laughs> we can so, what was it like? You know, like you know, just living in Indiana, raising kids. What What was roughly the the year, Mike? When were you born? Eighty two. What was it like in the early eighties in Indiana with three kids? We didn't move to Indiana till eighty nine, so. All three were born at that time. Um, I We really liked where we lived because it had this small town feel versus city feel, and it was a very family-oriented town. So there was a lot for us. Uh, I mean, when we moved there, I knew nobody, but because I had moved so often, I was able to put myself out there and find resources right away. Like I walked across the street to my neighbor who was born and raised in Gary and in Valparaiso, Indiana. And um, she was shocked that I could walk across the street and introduce myself 
and ask her questions about preschools and activities. And, you know, she just was amazed that I had the courage to do that. She never would have had the courage to do that. But you learn, especially with children, that you have to put yourself out there or you're not going to be able to make yourself a part of that community. Um, and, but the, everyone was so friendly. Everyone welcomed us. And I, I still feel that way about the Midwest. I feel like the Midwest is just very friendly. Most people, now if you go to Chicago, that's a different story. But most people are very willing to talk to you. I can walk down the street and say hello to everybody when I'm walking. When I'm in Miami, people don't talk to me. <laughs> they look the other way, <laughs> you know. So that, and I know that has to do with a big city versus a small town. Um, but I don't know that I really thought about, oh, this is the way we're living here. How is someone else living? Because I found Indiana to be very similar to how I grew up in Pennsylvania. Mm. You know, right. that small town. And although the town I grew up in was much, much smaller. Uh, so I never thought about conservative, liberal, that kind of thing. That just never entered my mind. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so Pennsylvania is interesting to me because you have Philadelphia, which is not a small town. You have Pittsburgh, but then a lot of people talk about the country, the countryside of you know, how it's very small towns and very small this. And um, so it's almost like once it sounds like once you hit one part of Pennsylvania, probably is on a diagonal because Pittsburgh's kind of in the middle on the bottom, right? Um, you start to get more, more country feel, small town feel. So, well, good. I think the eastern side is more New York City type. Mm -hmm. You know, like that central, like eastern, the Philly side, the Philly side, the Harrisburg side, the Scranton side, and then our. I grew up sixty miles southeast of Pittsburgh. So that side is more of what you would consider, yeah, countryside. So, what did what like time frame did you grow up in? Whatever. He's asking my age. <laughs> no, I'm <laughs> asking roughly, no, you know. 60s, 60s the, and 70s. All right. Yeah. So I graduated the in 72. And, okay. So what was the 60s like as like in the middle of small town, uh, Pennsylvania? I was a young girl then. I, I, cannot, I can honestly say that I never, I just grew up as a kid. I was born in 54, so... 60 I went to school it was a very uh white community so we didn't have a lot of diversity in the community but I didn't I never realized that there I guess I never realized that there had to be diversity you know my father I will say my father was very prejudiced <laughs> except mm. when it came to watching baseball players or football players or but I think that he grew up with that mentality um, and I used to get really upset with him, but he, but my father was the kindest man you've ever met. And I think if push came to shove, he would have reached out and helped someone else despite color or gender or anything, you know? Um, but I don't know that, see, you're asking me to go way back <laughs> as a child, which I didn't really think about that. Um, this is where it starts though. Yeah, I know. That's you know where it starts. Yeah. yeah, and you know, yeah, I guess, but I've grown up not feeling like my dad, so mm -hmm. 
I guess there was some education on both sides. Do you have any younger brothers? I have one younger brother. He's how, 15 how, months younger than me. Oh, okay. So pretty close in age. So was your, did you have like, was family around? Was like, yes. did you have, you had like uncles and yes. grandparents and stuff. Yes. So when you think about the men as like a young teenage girl, like what type of men were you kind of surrounded by? What was your dad and your, his brothers and mentality of those kinds of men back then? Do you mean like macho versus... I mean, you know, just whatever, how would you describe them if you were to describe how they were and think back to family functions and stuff like that? Like, how would you describe fun. them? They were fun. They were hard workers. Um, most of them were blue collar workers. My uncle did own his own loan company or he worked for his own loan company. Uh, we had a lot of cousins. One, my dad had two brothers and a sister, and they all had, well, one brother had six children, the other one had seven, Ooh. and then the competition. other one had two. Brotherly competition yeah. right there. <laughs> well, there definitely was, because there were, the, the first three grandchildren were born, I was born in August, the next one was born in October, and the next one was born in December, so <laughs> right there like that. Wow. <laughs> yeah. It's a lot of babies um, all at once. <laughs> A lot of babies all at once. <clears throat> but then my aunt and uncle bypassed my parents. <laughs> They're six and seven kids. Um, I, I don't know. That's a tough question. I mean, I just, I never looked at them as being unmanly or, I, I don't know. I'm not sure what, how to answer that. But I think I mean, they, what my I, dad interacted with me very well. It's not like because I wasn't a son that he ignored me. You know, mm -hmm. he he just taught us a lot about work ethics and and family orientation. And mm -hmm. We got together with the family a lot. So when you say that he didn't like ignore me because I wasn't his son, is that what you were told? For? Like, where does that statement come no. from? I don't know why I said that statement <laughs> because I know some fathers do, I guess. And I don't even know. How do you know that? Like I, like I do to my kids just ignore because they're girls. I just ignore them. Yeah. And your dad <laughs> didn't do that either. He was actually, your dad didn't ignore Katie because, but she, he was more involved with you and Mike and Daniel than her activities. And I don't know where that came from either. I guess, more interest in what you were doing. You'd probably have to ask him that question. Well, when he comes on, we'll talk to him about that. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. So what I'm trying to, like, overall, Michelle, I think I'm just trying to get a sense of, like, how did you learn about masculinity? What kind of men were in your life? How did you view men when you were looking for a boyfriend or a husband? What type of men did you find yourself, like, you know, attracted to maybe not necessarily in a physical sense but just yeah but just like you know what what kind of men were the they qualities and, you were looking yeah mm -hmm. i think kindness so i was in you know with my dad i was introduced to kindness and contentment i would say that my husband's probably the opposite of my dad 
which mm. is interesting. Um, and I don't know what I, he just. There was a physical attraction, obviously, with my husband, and then I won't. Not obviously, not everybody's physically attracted to their mate, <laughs> but um, he also was. I know my dad is more. He's so content. He was always so content. He didn't require anything. Like he was very happy to just be at home and um, be with his family. And he didn't require a lot of material things. Let's mm. put it that way. Uh, he, he was not. He. My parents were not wealthy by any means, but I don't remember ever wanting for anything. You know, there was just always, I could, maybe contentment. I had the contentment too. Mm. Um, so when I went to look, when I was thinking about a husband or a boyfriend, that's a hard one too, because I don't remember back, oh, was I looking for this quality? Kindness and somebody to take care of me if needed to be. And, Someone who also wanted to have children. I think the religious aspect took, because we I was raised Catholic, so that took some precedence too. Although the first person that I was engaged to, did you know I was engaged before? <laughs> I, I did, yes. <laughs> he wasn't Catholic. <laughs> um, somebody to have fun with. And I guess I found that all with my dad too. And why didn't that engagement work out? Because he had other girlfriends. Oh. That's one way to end. <laughs> <laughs> was there people. a, like, did you feel being the oldest kid out of four, like you had to grow up quicker or that there was more responsibility put on you, your shoulders than the other siblings because of you were the oldest? I think there were, I felt there might've been more expectations because my parents, um, my father never went to college. He joined the Navy out of high school. So he joined the Navy in 1945. He left high school in March and went into the Navy. They gave him his diploma. <clears throat> he never went to college. My mother went to college for two years and she quit to marry my dad. So I think there was always that expectation that their children would go to college. They mm. always wanted us to go to college. So I think the expectations I felt they were more on my shoulder. And then my brother had some troubled teen years. <laughs> um, For those that are not watching, she is <laughs> signifying with her head as she said that statement to her oldest son. So we can talk about that. Because I do have questions for you about that. Um, he started college and then quit. So, mm -hmm. I, But I always felt that they... And I wanted to go. I was a good student. I wanted to go, but I always felt that expectation. Responsibility for the other kids, not so much. My mom was home until I was in high school. And my grandmother was always around, and she actually lived with us for a long time. Was that and your mom's mom or your father's mom? My mom's mom. What was college going to give you besides this sense of like fulfilling what maybe a pressure you felt from your parents, whether it be what? good or bad pressure. What did you get? What did you think college was going to give you? I think just an education to move on, to do something different and not be at that time. I don't think they wanted me to be a blue collar worker. You know, they wanted me to succeed more. And I did too. I was, I'm a pretty high achiever. <laughs> so mm -hmm. even back then 
I was a high achiever. I wanted to finish college. I wanted to get a good degree. But I will tell you that the career that I wanted more than anything was being a mother. Mm. And so the college was a stepping stone to be able to provide a future for any future children. So mm. that is why when I became a mother, I quit working for 10 years because that was my first goal, my first mm. priority. How long after college before you you met your husband in college, you guys, you went and got your master's also or did he go and you followed? We both got our master's. Cool. Um, and we went to a school where we both could get financial assistance. Mm-hmm. And then, let's see, I graduated from undergrad in 76 and then I graduated from graduate school in 81. And then we had Michael in 82. So did you get to go out into the workforce before you became a mother? Yeah, I was, uh, actually, after I graduated from college, my undergrad, I was in speech pathology, and I could not find a job in that. So I actually worked as an administrative assistant for a tire company in Indiana, Pennsylvania, and did that for three years. And Bill had graduated with a degree in philosophy and psychology and couldn't find much employment either. He worked for like six months in a good old college rehab. Yeah, (laughs) right, good old college. But then he decided to go back to school for safety, and he started a safety undergraduate program at IU, and I supported him for a while monetarily, and also, you know, gave him the support to do that. And then we both decided to get our graduate degrees. Cool. And then, so I only worked in... Then I went back to school for audiology, and I only worked in audiology for, oh, like a year and a half maybe before you were born, because then we had moved also. We had moved from mm-hmm. Kansas to Casper, and I couldn't initially find a job in audiology in Casper, and then after you were born, a job in audiology came up. <laughs> so you did. I did go back to work for, with him when he was four months old. But then when our second child was born, I just quit altogether. I worked part-time for a while. Cool. So you're in Indiana. You've got all your babies. They start to grow up, right? Um, what What was it? Did you find a difference between, like, raising a son, like raising sons versus raising daughters? Did you find any differences or any pressures or... Um, Anything of that, you know, energy between having two different types of children? Well, all three of them have very different personalities. So I, we, I would say yes, that we involved the boys in what we thought were boy things and involved mm-hmm. the girls in what we thought were girl things. Although Katie did play softball and she did soccer. Just still a girl thing. Just softball still know. a girl thing. Oh, yeah, yeah that's right. Still. Softball still a girl thing. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> and it wasn't girls. I don't think it was co-ed. Now they're all co-ed. The softball teams? Yeah, they're co-ed. Hmm. In some places. College isn't, but mostly intramural it, kind of things. Softball. Yeah. Like a, like adult, adult softball, but they still have, like, the you know, at high school, it's still the women's. Yeah, yeah. the yeah. kids' stuff. Like, she was on a co-ed soccer team, but you guys never mm-hmm. really got into soccer. 
So both of you were on co-ed soccer teams, and I think her softball team, no, it might have been all. But she did gymnastics. She didn't do dance. I don't think you ever did gymnastics. No. I did for a brief moment. But then I remember I got in trouble for talking too much, because I think Mark Brandt was in it with me, and oh. we got in trouble for talking <laughs> or something. And then I didn't go back. <laughs> <laughs> And I think with like toys and things like that, they, they that was kind of intermixed. It just seems like boys want trucks and cars and railroad trains and girls want dolls. And it's like it's you found out with your girls. They just Yeah, and right now my mom has my sister has two sons that are about the same age as my kids. And then we have two daughters. So you're actually experiencing this again in a way. Yeah. And it's not that the, we don't take, I don't, I never kept anything. Like I said, I told Michael, you can't wear trucks or nothing mm. like that, but, or you can't have dolls. Um, but they, I think the boys, it, and it varied as far as agings. Like the boys were more challenging because, especially him, because he was so adventurous. So I really was more concerned about his safety and what he was going to get into. Versus Katie, I never had to worry about that. But then she was challenging as she got into high school because she didn't want to talk to me as much, you know. Mm. And so I think that each. And, and it, then what about Daniel? Daniel. <laughs> Daniel was more challenging as a young child. So and then the three of them all relating together, of course, there was issues with that. But, yeah. Does that answer your question? Yeah, I mean, you know, all the questions are kind of just like, we're just opening up, we're stepping in. It's like a tour of the house, you know? You're yeah, just like, true. you're just like looking these. in these the are fridge. These are good questions, Aiden. Just kind of asking about random things. So I think, you know. Um... All right, so let's get into like the fun, the extra fun stuff. Well, I think there's... Hold on. I want to just say, because I think yeah. what's interesting is when we interviewed for the Kate and Mike show, which we'll put that link to the episode in the show notes when Kate and I interviewed mm -hmm. you and dad, is that you said you, you didn't, you were basically like, we don't analyze, we never analyzed our life as much as Kate and I have done. Mm -mm. Right. <laughs> and I think there's more awareness now of how we're living our life in this way. Now, since you've been listening to our podcast and things like have you started to do that more or is it you're just like i'm just still living my life and not thinking about certain things or no i think i have started to do that more actually um because i didn't grow up with parents who did a lot of analysts analyzing either and i the parenting classes that are out there now and you know the counseling Michael's right. We probably should have done, my husband and I probably should have done therapy a long time ago, but we didn't think about it. It just went through. Um, I was a single mom for a lot too, uh, and not single mom. My dad traveled a lot yeah. for business. So my mom was at home with the kids. Right. And basically. he did mm -hmm. international travel. So he was gone for weeks at a time. Right. Um, so I did the best that you I were, could. You were solo parenting. Solo parenting. Proper... Yeah. That's yeah. probably mm -hmm. the proper term. Mm -hmm. But he's right. I didn't, it wasn't brought 
to us that, oh, this is, you should be analyzing. It's, it was a different generation. Uh, and so I think now, you're right, since I started listening to you guys and seeing the way that you and Kate live too, and Katie and Rob live, and you know, and Bill and I, I just think about things more. Think about things more, exposed more to things. And I think a lot of that has to do with society and in general everything's more open than it was when I was growing up. Can you get like open as far as people are more wi willing to share or open as far as like, what do you, can you just describe what open means? Um, well, trans, you know, that's something that we never would have heard about back then. Mm -hmm. uh, and the gays and, and the way people raise their kids I shouldn't have said that, should I? No. Uh, um, I think people are more open to talk about things where before they hid them. Mm. And I think even you... with, why do I think they Yeah, hid why do you think they hid things? I don't know, embarrassment? Just people weren't willing to listen. We just went on as everything was okay. Everything was fine. I don't know. I think schools too. Well, I don't know if I can say schools held things in. I don't know. It's just, I think what it's just a have, different, different, you guys are a different generation than I was. What would have happened in, and I like, I love this conversation because I think a lot of the things going on right now culturally are because of generational differences, right? And mm -hmm. so I think having an understanding of, of where each generation came from and what their values were. I think that's where you can actually kind of look at every, like I, I visualize it like everyone lays all of their generational shit on a table, right? And then we can start to have like compassion because we're like, oh, now I know why you guys didn't do this because this is what would have happened. So like, for instance, you were just like, just we're just using this as an example. Um, you mentioned, you know, uh, therapy, right? Like, oh, like, you know, therapy, like people just didn't talk about it. It wasn't talked about. And I'm curious, like, what would have happened? What would have happened if, if someone, you know, let's just, sometimes it's easier to think outside of ourselves. So let's say, did you have like a best friend growing up that was like on your road, like, who was next door or something? Did you have like a friend? Okay. Yes, was it a girl or a boy? A girl, two girls. Okay. So like, what would have happened on your block in your small community? Like if one of those girls was 13 and they said that they were gay, what, what would have happened? How do you think the community would have viewed them? Like, cause clearly there's a reason that people were being quiet because if they weren't quiet, like if there was no repercussions of just stating your truth, then you wouldn't you would have just done that, right? But everyone was quiet. So that means that if they did state their truth, repercussions for that, different treatments, different views. So what do you think, like, if you just had the hypothetical, like, what do you think would have happened if the 13-year-old girl on your block came out? Like, how would she have been treated in school? What do you think would have happened? I don't, I think my father would have had a hard time with that. Mm -hmm. I don't know if he would have 
said don't play with her or anymore or I don't know that's because it never came up I'm not sure such a small town it was a very sheltered small town because mm -hmm. we weren't even as far as African-American or nas other nationalities in that town it was a very white town there was I think two kids in our hi high school that were African-American is that the proper term now? Daniel tells me it's not always the proper term. <laughs> um, I think it's good to ask. It's good that you're asking, yeah, right? You can ask, um, you can ask think, somebody because some people yeah. resonate with being African-American and some people don't. Because right. there are also black Americans. And, right. Yeah. 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 Right. I don't think Mike and I, yeah, Mike and I are not nope. the people to tell you if you should be saying African-American or black because we're both white, but um, it's <laughs> well, a good question. Let me tell you the proper, no, but I think it's just, it's asking someone if you're in the presence of someone like, or just, you know, it's confirmation, not just African-American or black, but just anybody in general, is, right. you know, right. just asking what they right. prefer if that, if that conversation comes up. So I think that one thing, just going back to kind of this generational thing is like, um, you know, what I hear a lot from older folks is that like, uh, like nothing like, oh, it wouldn't have been that big of a deal. Or if someone had come out, this would have happened. Or if someone needed to go to therapy, it wouldn't, it wouldn't have been such a big deal. And I always, um, gently push back on that because it's like if it wouldn't have been such a big deal then people would have done it right so there probably is someone in your high school who is lgbtq right now if and if i asked them what would have happened right they probably would have been like are you kidding like michelle's dad would have never let me come over to their house again like it would have never happened they, it, it would have been this i would have been that happen and that's why i moved the hell out of there <laughs> once i could right um so like, I think like just having, again, just like that, it, it's important to just recognize like generations and like as a trans guy, right? I'm just like, oh, like what would it have been like for me if I grew up in your town? Like, you know what I mean? Um, what well, and would have happened? My dad probably would have changed also. First of the time I'm in high school versus how he would have been now. And he right. passed away in 2012 because my cousin is gay and we know that. And he, and he accepted him, you know, there's, he didn't say, I'm never going to see him again. And we've all, it's just, he's just Kevin. He's just Kevin. And so mm -hmm. my dad compared to what he would have done when I was in high school versus what he would have done 20 years later, I think with all of us, we all change. So and if that, I think in high school, when I was in high school, it probably, it might've been like you just stated. Um, but now it's, it's a generational thing. Mm -hmm. It's, and I think like Trove is more, I won't say progressive. They're still pretty conservative. Yeah. It's conservative. Yeah. Yeah. And then what was it like for us? growing you know was this a because i don't remember having convert i could be completely wrong but you can correct me but we didn't have conversations about i would say society or yeah it's like things like this going on in the world we didn't have these no we never up. really did and i don't know why 
I think because it just never came up in the house. Yeah. You know, you never came home and said, hey, you want to meet this friend or never. It, and Valpo was pretty white dominated too. Yep. Gary was, you know, Gary had a lot of trouble though. So Gary was very violent. Yeah. Yeah. It was very violent. Um, yeah. I, it's not like we hid anything or didn't want to talk about it. It just didn't come up. Yeah. And I also know like you were raising three kids solo for a while and that can be exhausting. Right. So there's also the other, but it doesn't mean that's not paying attention to what's going on in the world. And I didn't know. Because there were issues that happened like at our street at the end of it with that guy that was like his mother ran a daycare and he was abusing the kids. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, which is that up, when you were in high school? I'm not. I remember it. I was younger. It was either high school or middle school time frame. So, but I just don't remember there was a lot of conversation in our house about the LGBTQ community or just in general, like politics of the world wasn't like a big discussion that we had. No, there probably wasn't. You think it was just easier to, I mean, I think there's some reality of like, it's probably just easier to ignore those things because the only way you're getting your information is like from the five o'clock news, the newspaper. So if you're not listening, and then even those are like, all depends on who's even writing them, right? As opposed to now, where you can go on Twitter, and you're going to hear about all types of things from all different types of people, right? Um, Or you're just going to be scrolling through whatever you digest of social media. And news is like 24-7 now also. So I think that there's just more, it's, it's harder to... I'm assuming, so like Michelle, you'd have to correct me if I'm incorrect, but like I'm assuming it's easy, it's harder to ignore things now or to not necessarily have the conversation. It's more intentional uh, ignorance than maybe before. Does that feel true? Um, Yeah, I would say that's probably true. I mean, I still am not a news watcher. I still don't watch the news. I'm not, I am ignorant of some things. I'm just, not that I want to close myself off, some of the news is so horrific that I just don't want to listen to it. Um, mm-hmm. And we don't get a newspaper anymore because it, the cost was prohibitive. So <laughs> what, what I, just I, I read online. <laughs> yeah, you yeah. just Google it. You just get on the, <laughs> online. So I'm not as informed as I always should be. But you're right. I mean, everything is out there now that you want. If you want to check out something, it's there. And that's nothing. Mm-hmm. They didn't even have that when they were kids, you know. we. I don't think you had computers till you were in high school. Yeah, it was high school, yeah. I mean, there were mm-hmm. no cell phones at the time. There were no, there, they didn't have cell phones till they started to drive. That was our rule. Now they have them when they're eight, you know. Right. You had beepers, but, though. You had a beeper. Did you have a beeper, Mike? I never had a beeper, no. <clears throat> no, you never gave Mike a beeper? No? Mm-mm. Never had a beeper. Sorry, Mike. Sorry about that. No, it was fine. I didn't need a beeper. <laughs> I like, like, there was See? an element of not, not. <laughs> it's like, I didn't my, need a beeper. My New York brain is like, because your mom would just go out and ring a bell. You know what I mean? And all right. the kids would so ring the, door, him. <laughs> the doorbell. Yeah. It's like the bell on the door, and then I'd come rushing right. home for dinner. You'd come yeah. rushing home for dinner. Yeah. Hey Do there, mom. like you missed out because we didn't talk about things when you were growing up? No, um, 
I don't think I missed out. I just, it's, I've had to learn things along the way where, cause you, like I grew up in confident in kind of my own bubble, but didn't realize there was other people. Like, I don't know about missed out. That's not really the, I mean, you gave us a lot of freedom, right? And that freedom actually, at least I feel, I mean, some ways you locked it down with like no MTV or VH1 or, there was no Beavis and Butthead in our house except all of oh, those channels so you could find them. But, you know, there was like censorship that you held. And I don't know if I don't, I don't know the answer to that question, truthfully. Like, I'm not sure. I don't know. What would I miss out on? Right. Because I did find, you know, I found what I navigated towards or understood or watched certain like read certain music or read certain books or it's like I went and found it anyway. Well, do you think we should have had more discussions? I mean, based upon the way you're living now, yes, I'm sure you think we should have had more discussions in our house. That's what I'm gathering from you. Yeah. Um, well, I think there was a, I think it was really hard for the kids to, for, I can't speak for Katie and Daniel, but just like my experience, I think maybe therapy earlier on would have maybe been helpful for all of us in a way to like talk about, cause it was hard to have, like there was a lot of pressure that fell on your shoulders. And I know dad felt a lot of pressure being out and about like working and then just kind of the, um, just like how that environment existed. Mm -hmm. I think there could have been some helpful takes there, but uh, I think from a cultural perspective, it's like, I still went and got what I wanted anyway you know and i think that was a challenge maybe for you because i was so adventurous and then going to get what i actually wanted was a challenge in that way but i do feel like even just like just you know jokingly mentioned censoring of like mtv and vh1 that is there's an element of keeping not looking at what society exists too because like this is happening out here and i know you were doing the best we're trying to shelter you right yeah which didn't work. No, it didn't. <laughs> <laughs> Does it ever? Does it ever is the question. No. Um, yeah. But also, you you know, you grew up in the Catholic Church. So just there in themselves, accepting of the gays, like you said. <laughs> but just like gay people, LGBTQ, it's not accepted. No. Right? Did and you it... grow up in the Catholic Church, Mike? Did you bring that your kids to church I... and stuff like that, Michelle? Yeah, they did. Yes. Yeah. But I can't say this is where I'm. This is the honest truth here now is that a lot of what the Catholic Church believes now or promotes, I don't. Mm. So why do I keep going to it? Because it's a comfort zone for me. I can't explain that. I can't explain mm -hmm. that to Michael either. It's just like, I don't know that you understand, but going to church, even though it's Catholic and they don't believe everything that I you know, I don't believe everything that they promote. There's still that peace when I walk into a church. You feel love. The I feel love. And there are certain priests that I wouldn't have anything to do with. But then there are others that I get comfort from. or I And it, mm -hmm. it's the sense of community, the people that mm -hmm. I've been around. And there's just that peace. So how do I, you know, that this is totally off the subject, but maybe, yeah. but. You know, how do you, how do I continue to follow the Catholic Church? Because I don't think of it as, because I believe in God, and mm -hmm. I believe that God helps me through life. The prayer helps me through life. 
-hmm. So does it matter really what church I go to? But does being Catholic mean that I'm now against the LGBT community or abortion or, you know, I don't feel that it does, but someone else might look at me and say, how can you call yourself Catholic? Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, that could come from both sides, right? Someone who's right you know, super Catholic could be like, how could you call yourself Catholic? You believe in all of these things. And then somebody who's not religious could be like, how could you call it? Right. So it could be the same question from two totally different perspectives. Um, time that it would matter what church you're going to is honestly more about like, what church are you financially supporting and what are their values? That would be my only thing would be like, if you're going to give money to a church um, I would just say make sure that like whatever that church is, like you do like the priests there, you do believe in like they have the same values. Because I mean, there's so many Catholic churches that are that are not anti-LGBT, anti-abortion. Like they are, are very more progressive Catholic churches that still follow Jesus and his teachings and you know what I mean, um, but are more progressive, right? Um, mm-hmm. And they understand that like, people change and things change. And um, so that would be my one thing would be like, well, it all comes down to your wallet. (laughs) Right. It, it, there is a fine, you know, it's like, I think not just the the Catholic church, but I think everything that we support or we're paying regardless, maybe it's your grocery store, maybe it's the baker that we have values, right? So we each have values and there's a point in time that maybe that baker or church is going to cross that value. And we have to make a decision at that point. It's like, do, am I am I gonna like give in to what this place is, or stick to my value? And if that's like okay, I'll go someplace else, you know, because it's the money. You're it's like where you're at this time. Money is the energy that we're supporting this operation. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. yeah, it's as long as and I think that's the it, it can be on. That's I think where we are now in 2021 in so many facets. Like uncomfortable to be there where it's like, I value this, this person's doing that. And it's like, okay, do I want to, and then you have the opportunity to change. Like you're the one that can change that. Right. So when it comes to the church situation, exactly what Aiden's talking about, I think is really important. And I think our church is probably more progressive than the other, than some other Catholic churches. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and of course I try to give my money to where they're going to donate. Like we just donated to food baskets mm-hmm. for, the poor and the invite and the, the needy in our mm-hmm. so I do I I understand what you're saying. Yeah. I would have yeah. to agree with it. So I want to talk about Mike. <laughs> How you doing, Mom? You're so, right. <laughs> this, is, this is a little intense. You're doing great, Mom. You're doing great. You're doing fantastic. <laughs> you can cut out whatever you don't want to go on the podcast. This is all fantastic. Don't, We're not don't worry about it. No, this, this is, is all good. Yeah. So uh you know, we have uh, a loyal community here and they know that it's all it's all here. Everything is is a foundation, right? Um, so I have some questions. First question. Did Mike actually read the Forbes magazine when he was 15? First question. I don't know. Did you? <laughs> well, you can't ask him just because he's going to one of me. them. Yes. In general. General. That's one question. Also, did you have a paper route? Yes, I'm fact checking you. I'm fact checking your life right now, Mike. This is my opportunity to fact check. (laughs) How young, how old was he when he got a paper route? Um, 12. 
Sixth grade. Okay. Sixth grade. Okay. Yeah. Twelve. All right. Nice. Did you ever find pornographic magazines underneath Michael's bed? I did. I also and found what? naked Barbie dolls. <gasps> Were they stolen <laughs> from dolls. the younger the sister is the question. Yes. Yes. What were the repercussions in the household for having uh, filthy magazines, as they say? Did you I tell really them? Did you just throw no. them out? You just left them I, there? Yeah. I think I just, I just figured he's a, <laughs> oh, well, it's a stage. Well, do you remember when? Hey, he's curious. Let him, you know, look at it. The dolls, I know I never said anything to you about them. Like, oh, I got them under Daniel's bed, too. <laughs> I don't remember the doll. Why would I have naked Barbie dolls? you have naked barbie dolls <laughs> you're true. checking out the but i do remember distinctly the one time i was reading a playboy in the chair and i fell asleep read i was literally reading the playboy articles this is no this is and i was reading the articles and i fell asleep and you came and woke me up and i had the playboy on my lap and you didn't even say anything it's probably more awkward for her than you <laughs> probably yeah. true. i will tell you the worst thing that ever happened to me with you oh okay, okay. here we go <laughs> Yeah, we're going to start. We're gonna you ever told this, this to me part. before? Um, I don't know. This was on a trip. Here I am. I'm being, you know, I always wanted to be the fun mom. I'm going to be the mom that's going to take the boys places, let them get, I don't know. Do you remember this? So we went to the state final, basketball finals in Indianapolis, and I have a van pool of his friends. Brandon, Jason. How old? What's the age demographic High here? school. This is high okay. school. Okay. Old enough for all of them to know better. <laughs> okay. I don't I don't know what she's about to say. I really I have no it. idea. Okay. This is great. Should I say okay. it? Say yeah, it, you please. should say it. Because this will this will be good. <laughs> okay. So I forget I forget who else was. Oh, Rupert. And all the parents are like, oh, thank you so much. Did you hear that, Rupert? You see how she <laughs> said your name? I know you you're say, gonna listen. How this do you is... say Rupert? No, that's fine. But you added a little, you were added, you said Rupert. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> There was one other person, but I don't remember who it was. Tony? Probably Tony. Good old Tony. Anyway, on the ride down, and this is where the censorship didn't make any sense, because on the ride down, I think I, no, you drove down, and they're playing CDs that have F this, F that, you know, in the, in the music, and then they're also... <laughs> Jason, whoever was in the back because you were driving, were holding up signs out of the window with boobs <laughs> oh, yeah. on them. And what did they say? It was like, show me your boobs or something. Yeah, something like that, you know. <laughs> and there was one other thing that went on. I can't remember what it was. But by the time we got to Indy, I was just like, get me out of here. This is so disrespectful of your mother in the car. It was horrible. And then they had a room next to me in the hotel. They're smoking out on the balcony. They're blaring the music. You know, it's 2 a.m. I'm calling the room. Like, you know, people need to get some sleep around here. Little did I know that Brian Hunt, that's who else was in there. His parents were in the hotel on the other side having a really good night's sleep. <laughs> so the next day I got, I was just livid. I thought this is, it was disrespectful of, of everybody, but especially I felt like me who took the time to take you guys down there. Otherwise you wouldn't have gotten down there. None of you were driving at this time. And so I took the keys from him, took all the music from them, <laughs> said no more of this. <laughs> they were better on the way back, but that was pretty embarrassing. <laughs> 
Do you remember any of that? No. <laughs> That's probably you probably didn't get anyone to show you boobs. That's probably why you don't remember that. Well, I, yeah. How much Sorry did that, that you sign had to deal work? with that, mom. <laughs> probably not, because the back windows are tinted in the van too, so you oh, know you yeah. can't see. So no yeah. one's no oh, one's I winning. They, I think you could have seen them. Did you talk to us about? Like post the next, that the next day I talked to you. The first day I was like, just me or everyone, everybody. And I pulled you aside too, but I also talked to everybody else when they got in the car. But why I didn't say something on the way down because I wanted to be the fun mom. I didn't want to be the mom who was going to be cruel and censoring things, you know. But then at night I'm thinking, you know, they're just, it's just disrespectful to me, all these actions that they're taking. But I wanted to be the cool mom. Mm -hmm. But then Until you the weren't. Day. Yeah. No. Then you, <laughs> you quickly ended that reign of coolness. <laughs> Just went down in flames. <laughs> she did. I did. But, you know, I thought I was right. Yeah. Put your foot down. You okay. were right. I love it. Yeah. I love it. So then I wanted. I don't even know. Well, you what? Sorry, I don't even know how we got on that. Anyway, go ahead. Well, that's what well, this podcast you know, is all about. We just it just gets delivered, Mom. You know, yeah, the universe is happened. delivering what message needs to come out. So right. Yeah. So um, I've heard really cute stories about Mike. You know, leaving roses in in mailboxes and very romantic things. Um, do you see Mike now as a romantic? Oh yes. Yeah. Okay. And I don't know where he got that because his father is not romantic. <laughs> so I think I'm going to give Kate credit for that. <laughs> it's, but it's not her. What well, he's just what he just mentioned has nothing to do with Kate. Oh, that with roses in mailboxes wasn't Kate. No, I mean I've given Kate roses, yes, but not what he's just. That was earlier. That was like high school, middle I know. school. I don't know where you must have gotten that from me. <laughs> I guess so. Yeah. How to treat a woman. <laughs> well, I think what's in, what I do remember a lot, though, is because of like this was like probably crossing the line from parent to son was like there was a lot of things that dad would do that you would tell me, don't do that to your wife. Mm. Yeah, that's true. And, you know, or something along those. I remember. The, the, I Don't buy her a lawnmower for her birthday. <laughs> That's, what they'll do. that's a good one. That's a good one. <laughs> or a snowblower. <laughs> We're gonna that's the quote for the podcast. Right. Don't buy yes. Yeah. Yes. I mean, I do like that there's no gender in there, right? Maybe you would want a lawn mower, right? I mean, what do we know? True. Actually, know, I don't be. mind mowing the lawn. Right. But not what you want for your birthday. No. My wife taught me but that early right. in our relationship. She I mean, said, I don't remember buy me my... anything. I couldn't buy myself. That was always the key. Yeah, I didn't want you anything. Could buy a lawnmower yourself. Yeah. <laughs> he said he bought me a snowblower, but it was actually, you know, he used to buy me gifts that were for actually for him, given to me for him, if you know what I mean, like the Mustang. Right. Um, but I do remember you being in high, I remember high school, and he asked us one time to, he wanted to have a dinner for Kathy at our house, Kathy. Mm -hmm. And 
I came home and he was getting ready for this dinner. So we all, we were going to leave while he had this dinner, but he had candles set up and the table in the dining room all set and just, he had, he had cooked himself. And I was like, whoa, that impressed me. It's like, where did this come from? But yeah, you have always been more of a romantic. There you go. It's good. So let's share a story, about... ne negative story of how I affected my mom negatively now. <laughs> right, yeah. We'll bounce it out. <laughs> well, I was thinking more of like your college years is when I hear about, okay, so Mike is sober, right? Everyone knows this. Did that affect? Now, like, this now, yes, not in yes. college, yes. But like in college and stuff, did you see any actions that Mike were, was taking that you felt nervous about? have a close relationship in college i'm kind of just curious um that's always the when i talk to mike that's kind of the peak of where he tends to talk about like some of the not as great actions not as great time of time he had a lot of fun but not necessarily his most prideful few years of his life um do you have any like rememory memories of thinking about that or feeling nervous or anything that kind of comes up during those times? Oh yeah. I think it started in high school because mm. he was, he was drinking in high school. And, uh, I remember just, you know, trying to ward him off. I mean, there were troubles in high school too, but then I wasn't aware of everything he was doing in college. I knew there was alcohol and I knew there was marijuana, but I didn't know that there was, all of the other drugs. I don't even know how many. I mean, the, here's the, I used to hear from other parents about the wild parties that Michael had that their kids attended. <laughs> <laughs> so parents, <laughs> you know, um, I mean, there was a point where I was going down and testing him every week for mm. drugs. It was just testing for marijuana after you got arrested that one time. Um, so yeah, I was worried, but I didn't know everything that was going on either. And I consider myself not being wide awake enough to really ask. And I, I know in high school, I asked you what was going on and did you need help? But I didn't do that. I don't think in college, although at one point, because you almost flunked out your first semester, I wanted to bring you home and you wanted one more semester and you managed to pull your grades up, but I didn't realize everything else that was going on. But when I saw some of the houses you were living in, I just kept praying that you would work your way out of it. And I probably should have given you more help. If that was, Sorry. no, you're fine. I love it. You don't have to apologize. It's, it's, it's a good time. It's a good time when someone cries. That's what I, that's what we say <laughs> in the Dowling house. It ain't a party unless there's tears. Now, then we get, because then you can celebrate, right? That's the best part. Um, so, like, do you think that there would have been any action taken differently if it was your daughter who was drinking in high school and almost flunking out of college? Like, do you think that you would have maybe pulled her out and taken her home or stepped in in a more aggressive way? Just because she was a girl or because she was my daughter, being more protective? Exactly. That's exactly what hmm. I'm getting at. And I'm, I think like I'm, I'm asking, right? Like there's nothing wrong with any answer you say. Um, 
That's really tough because I didn't experience that. I'm not sure. I honestly can't say yes or no to that. Mike, what, do, what, would, I, what would your answer be for her if you, from your um, perspective? I mean, you can correct me, if, obviously, if I'm wrong, but I just feel like I required, like, I feel like I was a lot. Yeah. Right? So it would, it's hard for my mom to think of, I, first off, if they would have pulled me out, I probably wouldn't have come home. Mm -mm. Like, I would have just lived on the street in Purdue and just like, or something, you know, figured Slept it out. Slept on couches. <laughs> Yeah, it's like slept on couch. I had enough friends that I could make it work if I needed to do. And I knew I wasn't going to come home. Like once I left, I was gone. And I don't, I just, I also just required a lot more energy, I think, than my sister and brother. And I think because of how much like trouble I was getting in, that they probably dumbed down themselves in a little bit to like remain in line because I required mm -hmm. way more energy from my mom and my dad. They have said that they saw what Michael did and they, I think they knew more about the trouble that he was in than I did. They probably kept it from me. Um, and they did not want to follow that same path. I remember Katie telling me that she found cigarettes in your desk drawer. And I just kind of went, oh, Michael wouldn't smoke. Michael used to bring health books home to my parents who smoked and show them pictures of black lungs and say, look what you're doing to your lungs. And then, so for me to think that he was smoking was just like, why would he do that after? So when she found those cigarettes in the desk drawer, and this is where moms want the best, you know, think the best of their kids too. It's just, oh, there must be somebody else's. And I know I did talk to you because I caught you in Florida smoking. Well, I'm not doing it anymore. And I believed you. <laughs> Blind faith. <laughs> Mike, why'd you start smoking? I think just because that's what everybody else was doing. There was, I mean, that's like the simplest thing. Why'd you start era. drinking? I mean. Yeah. It was like, that's the community of friends I was a part of. And that's what we all did. That's why we started all kind of at the same time, honestly. And we just like, okay, this is what's happening. Probably like to fit in, thought I was cool. I would imagine probably some of this unhealed, like I was probably in pain from some situation and uh, mm -hmm. th that was like the way to get it out and I didn't know how else to process it. I mean, when you really dive into why we use substances, right? That, that's, there's there was something that needed to come out of me that I didn't know how to process and so I thought substance was the way to do it. And it's like a lot of my friends, we were all doing the same thing. So it wasn't just my friend. I mean, it was most of, maybe not all of high school. I had 500 kids in my class, but you know, I was partying with all sorts of different variety of upper class, lower classes, you know, of a good variety of people. So that's like the circle was there. And there were mm -hmm. parents that were allowing them to be at their house and drink. Right. Those were the actual they... cool moms. Yeah. So, those were the actual cool moms. Yeah. <laughs> But what I've learned is that the cool moms never, like, right now that you look back, it's just like they actually weren't cool at all, right? Um, they were they were the opposite of cool. They were uncaring, usually, right? Well, um, there wasn't boundaries, right? you know, and so they didn't have boundaries, you know, et cetera. And I don't know what they're like now. 
But I think at that time where I think about it is that like you were setting boundaries in a way that you were paying attention to. Cause there's also a lot of not awareness that you've just talked about. Right. And mm -hmm. I think if that leads to your earlier questions that about, you know, if there wasn't the awareness of paying attention to what was going on, or you just like ignored it cause you were <laughs> two other kids to worry about as well. And it was, it was like already. Well, you were away. Right. I mean, you never did. Uh, you never even came home on the in the summers after your freshman year, did you? No. Yeah. No. Because I knew that's when, yeah. So. Michelle, which kid do you like best? <laughs> <laughs> They're all my favorites. Oh, right. Uh-huh. That's what they said. <laughs> That's, that's good. That's now, good Katie answer. would say that he's my favorite. <laughs> Katie and Daniel would say he's my favorite. <laughs> I don't know who you say is my favorite. <laughs> well, Daniel was able to get away with a lot more things, you know, just that because he was also four years younger, right? But like, so there what, was do you, a, what do you mean? Like, what kind of Well, things? he was had, a, like, a full-time job, and you guys were still buying him plane tickets to come home. Like, there was just these other... I feel like he did a good job of financially, like, keep asking for things. It was funny, but no, it was just, it was like, there was a, I think by then you were just tired. <laughs> like I wore you out. So Daniel was like, yeah. So you but no, I wouldn't, I wouldn't have an way. answer. There was, I mean, it was all, we all had different. Relationships with right. each of us. Yes. Yeah. I would agree. And I think he and I have a different relationship than he and his dad do. And he has a different relationship than with Katie and Daniel than Katie and Daniel do with each other. So there's, you know, there's something great about every single one of them. It's, oh, it's always a work What's great in progress. about Mike? What's great Mike, about Mike? he's caring. He's, okay. Um, Mike is caring. He's generous. He's a great dad, great husband. Uh, he's energetic, an achiever. All the, some of these things I never would have thought of when he was in high school would then turn out to be Mike. <laughs> he's a good son. He's he's caring for both of both of his parents. Um, he's fun. What's not great about Mike? <laughs> well, no, I have a better question. I have a better question. Okay. Which of those great things do you think that Mike might use to his detriment? I would have said, I wouldn't say now, but I would have said the fun part of him was to his detriment in past years. At this point, I'm not sure. I don't think any of them would be to his detriment. Maybe his expectations for himself hmm. could be a little bit too high. So that high achiever? And st might struggle. I don't know if it's true or not, but. It could be a detriment. The high achiever part is that because is I'm that... a high achiever, I see that. <laughs> I was just gonna ask. Do you feel like that's a detriment to yourself, Michelle? Being a high achiever. I think the the detriment to myself is expecting others to be like me hmm. because I achieve, I want to achieve this. It's, for instance, in my relationships with my patients, I'm retired now, but I did have years of experience with, as audiology, with audiology patients. I want every audiologist to treat that patient the way that I do. 
and that's not possible. I mean, it, some of them one. they might, but <laughs> of course, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was the, my husband used to call me the queen of audiology <laughs> in Valparaiso, Indiana. <laughs> <laughs> Mike, do you have any questions for your mom? Um, yeah. I, what's it been like for you to listen to this podcast with Aiden and myself versus like Kate and I? Because I know you listen to almost all the episodes for Kate and I. At least you, you, you know you, the ones you would talk to me about. Yeah, it's just totally different. Um, it's been interesting hearing your views, Aiden, mm. on growing up girl and mm -hmm. deciding that wasn't for, you know, that wasn't who you were. So it's something that I had never thought about. So I think that is interesting. I think what you're doing to try to open up to more men um, of any gender, I guess, is that how you say that? I don't know. Just more men um, is you're doing a good job of that. You're opening up things that are interesting and I don't know. I think I told you one time it was entertaining. I'm not sure if that's the correct word, but our podcast is entertaining. Yeah. I mean that. That's the, that's the key. That that's the key word? element here. I think. I think that's the goal. <laughs> we don't want it to. Your be podcast boring. is it's very boring. Um, <laughs> I hope yeah. it's entertaining. You know. Yeah. Yeah. It is. Yeah. Well, I hope it. I, I appreciate you listening, and I hope that you know. Um, I hope. I think my intention like for women who listen is to just have some some type of breath of like some of the shit that maybe you went through uh because of being a woman like there are men out there who are who are trying to uh correct what has been in the past for the future women and men right out there um that's kind of what I hope that you get from it. And um, do you have any questions for Mike? No, I don't think so. Not one question? It's not one thing you want to ask <laughs> Not <me>? one thing. <laughs> this is your opportunity, Mom. Because as soon as we get off, we're not talking anymore. <laughs> That's not true. <laughs> I mean, do you feel that at this point in time, our relationship is good. I do. Yeah. yeah. Because I know there was a point in time where it wasn't. Yeah. It's like my, yeah, I think we have, I think it's always evolve evolving. And I think there's always, you know, it's like every time we hang out, there's a layer, an onion that's kind of peeled back and like a new thing is exposed and then we're growing and connecting on this way. So I think it, it's been, I think if we look back to where we were five, six, seven years ago, it's definitely better than that. You know, you're also spending a lot more time down here. I don't know if it's really us or just the kids. <laughs> There's an element where I think my mom just wants to be around our kids and like we're that's, bonus. Like in this it's way. probably most of it. Um, it's, yeah, yeah. It's grandkids. I mean, that's forced us to spend more time together. Yes, it right? has. Yeah. In that way. Um, oh, I don't know if you'd want me around either <laughs> if it was just you and Kate all the time. <laughs> that would be a, a little awkward, probably, if you were just here hanging out with Kate and I all the time. I mean, I know it'd be great. But it shouldn't be. But. Yeah, yeah. that's true. Good point. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
but I think one thing that could be, you know, I think there's an element of like boundaries and rules. And it's like, if those mm -hmm. are established on both sides, then it shouldn't be a problem. Right. Mm -hmm. Cause sometimes, you know, I think that's where we just, as you're visiting is just establishing boundaries and rules for the visit. Then we both have a, like, we walk away as a win instead of feeling, and we've done better on that over the past couple of years. Um, cause like a couple of years ago, it was just like, it felt there was an element of too much. And then we had this conversation where it's like, we would be come visit for five, four days. And then you're like, just stay one more day or stay two more days. And so it's the feeling of leaving the house. It's like, Oh my God, it's just like guilt trip. As we walk away, like we were just here for four days, like just stay one more day, one more day, you know? Yeah. And but it, you have to, that's not where I'm coming from. No, I know. But that's the way it comes across. It's like feeling like the time we just spent together is not enough. Right. So I need more of that. And it's filling up, it's it's not, you know, there wasn't an element of... Um... See, and I think you should be flattered that I want to spend another day with you. <laughs> and he's like, no, I'm out of here. <laughs> she can't, she never gets enough. <laughs> yeah, because that's what it comes across as. It's not, it's not as a... That's in here. <laughs> and no, it's not just in there, mom. It's not just in there. You keep telling yourself I that, get that. Yeah. I get it. Because it, it's, there is, yeah. <laughs> So, but I feel like, yeah, it's definitely. Sounds like this chapter is um, not closed. It's not closed yet. No. <laughs> Sounds like there's still things going on. But I don't know. I mean, no, you know. I know now, you know, three or four nights is enough for, <laughs> for me to be around him. <laughs> I accept that. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's hard having other people in your house. Mm -hmm. But I'm mm -hmm. more of the type where they can stay in my house for two, three weeks. I don't care. Mm -hmm. And he's not like that. So I yeah. have to accept yeah. that. Yeah, Mike's a problem. He doesn't get it. <laughs> no, yeah. it's not just him. <laughs> I, there's a lot of people that are like that. I, you know, it, it continues into adulthood. I just don't party <laughs> as much anymore, but I'm still the right. problem. Yeah. yeah. No, I'm just saying that you and I are different. <laughs> <laughs> well, obviously. I, yes. I don't want you to yes. be like me. <laughs> no, we, See, this we is, are aware. This is Mike and I's uh, passive-aggressive joking style that we have, right? Um, right. Yeah. And then we escalate. Right. And then usually I say something that brings in a conversation and Mike is resistant, but then he welcomes it. It's, it's like the, the flow of, of our relationship is like, or vice we, versa. Yeah. Yeah. We layer on the passive aggressiveness yeah. until one of us is like, so what's really going on here? <laughs> and then the other one resists and then they go, okay, this is what's happening. And then we start back at the bottom and we work our way up, but we have fun. We have fun all the way up to the top. Um, Do you have any other further questions? I don't think so. Is there anything that you would awesome. desire for our relationship to Im improve as the days go on? Just continue being truthful with each other. Mm. Beautiful. Yeah. Um, I'll leave it with, well, I have one more question for you and then I'll say something else. Um, why is Matthew on my birth certificate crossed out and then Michael's next to Oh, it? you didn't know that story? I know you've talked about that a couple of times on here. Because when you were born, we were going to name you Matthew. And then within hours, we're like, no, he's not a Matthew. He's a Michael. And so we changed the We went to the nurses or whoever we had to do and said we want to change his name to um, Michael. And they said... Okay, and apparently they had already sent the information to the state, and the state, instead of sending us back a whole new birth certificate with Michael James on it, they sent us that one with Matthew crossed out, <laughs> and they wouldn't correct it. <laughs> 
So, so that's why. <laughs> yeah. It looks very legit. A very <laughs> legit. It very really legit. looks like we did it ourselves. You know, <laughs> I know it looks pretty bad. It, no, it, it's a very solid line, not written by pen. It's actually a computer typewriter or something oh, that went through it. Yeah. It's, but uh, I mean, Matthew is the second. They're trying to save the paper. The time. So yeah, they're trying to save the paper. It makes sense. Um, I have Hard an observation times. about you regarding like, as the as like because Aiden was talking about being a woman and growing up from that aspect there mm -hmm. I think there is there's an achiever that you have inside of you but also you put a ceiling on it as well mm -hmm. and I think there is a I mean you've done amazing things right and you've actually followed like the things that you want but I also think there's sometimes that you kind of hold yourself like you could go you you maybe desire to do more you could correct me if I'm wrong, but it's like there's a desire to do more, but you're just like, oh, I'll just leave it as kind of this. It's like when we ask you, how was the food? And you're like, oh, it's fine. It's like the fine cap. You have like a fine <laughs> cap on you. You know what I'm talking about, don't you? Yeah, and you'll say fine is fran what, frantic and <laughs> frantic, insecure, insecure neurotic, neurotic, and emotional. emotional. <laughs> yeah. That's because I got it from the Italian job with Mark Wahlberg. That's why. Um yeah, but overall, like, I appreciate you being my mother. You know, I'm really <laughs> okay. grateful Thank you. for giving birth to me, you know, and supporting me even during, because it was, like, the work ethic that you and dad instilled is what allowed me to, like, create the life that I'm currently living. And you, even though there were a lot of hard times, you still stuck by me, and you didn't... Like there was a there was a good part about not getting into my space and kind of allowing me to just do whatever I did and having that the naive I guess naive being naive about it to be like oh everything's fine those aren't his cigarettes those are somebody else's right but because you just allow you kind of like okay I'm gonna just put a wall up here and not accept it but then there's the other time where you did support me during this and you always have you've been there and you've been interested in things that I'm doing and you're you're growing as I'm growing and I think that's actually what's bringing us a little bit closer together so it's not. Um, I just appreciate that aspect of showing up, you know, for me as your son. Oh, thank you. Even when I was, you know, in jail a couple times and, you know, doing a lot of <laughs> other random things that you might I knew there was a lot of good in there. Thanks. <laughs> Beautiful. Yeah. Beautiful. I well, think your observation is right that I do hold back on some things. Well, well, you know, think about it. this. Yeah, we get one life, this. you know, it's like, yeah, yeah this is go it, for it. Just do go it big. as they what say. Do you, like, what would you like to do? Do you know? I mean, there's nothing major. Like, what are you I, holding back on now that you envision doing? Um, I, I want to get more involved, like from a volunteer aspect. I just haven't had time to do that right now. So I do want to get more involved that way. But I don't know that that's holding back. It's just, I've been so busy since I retired. Yeah. That I haven't had time to do it yet. Well, don't get too much because you still need to come down here at least once a week to watch our kids. Once so. a month. Or once a month, I mean, yeah. yeah, yeah once yeah. a week, I would drive you crazy. Cool. Yeah. Thanks for coming on. You're welcome. Yeah, thank Thanks you so for much. Having me. Thanks, Aiden. Of course. <laughs> <laughs> we didn't ask any. Uh, we didn't ask Aiden any questions. Do you have a question? I know, for well, 
That's when I have, we'll have my mom on and then we'll yeah, have, have to have your mom on. Yeah. Uh, which will happen for the future. Um, but no, Michelle, thank you so much. Appreciate You're you. Welcome. Um, also thank you for, uh, birthing Michael over here. Um, it's been helpful in my life as well. And for everyone who wants to send their mom to our podcast, you can listen to us at thestateofmen.com backslash podcasts. Uh, also make sure you check out, um, our five day men's challenge. Uh, are you a good guy or unintentional asshole? Make sure you follow us on Instagram at the state of men. We appreciate you. We love you. And we'll catch you in the very next episode.